podcast. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy Slizzy in the house for a good episode of State of State of the New York Knicks podcast. You know, it's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks now since I've spoken to my guy, Mr. Mitchell. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Mr. Mitchell, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good, bro. Doing good down this way. Um, looking forward to the um, upcoming season after summer league's been in pass. So, yeah, um, getting excited. All right. All right. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. You know, it's been a quiet summer, as I should say, for the Knicks. Um, you know, not too much in the news for the past few weeks, except for the articles that be writing these dumb things about how the Knicks young core is trash or the Nick or the or the ringer that wrote up some stupid they wrote up some stupid article about the Knicks young core being twentieth ranked in the league and it's mind boggling how you look at the Knicks young core and you rank them twentieth. But besides the media bro, how how how's has your summer been looking these past few weeks for the Knicks, man? Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm I'm like yourself. I mean, you know, I, I usually like to make my own judgments on on my team, and and um, I don't I don't usually pay much attention to the media. Um, you know, you got some some in the media that that um, you know will talk positively and and uh, sort of look at everything when it comes to the Knicks, um, not just look at negative things, I guess. But for me personally, I you know I don't I don't think we could have done much better than what we what we did this summer. Um, you know, we found out early on. Obviously, we we weren't going to have a chance at, at two or three of the big names, so we moved on to Plan Bs and Plan Cs. Um, they didn't waste money like they have in the past. They didn't um, give exuberant contracts out. Uh, they gave the right contracts out, I believe, to the right people. So. I think Scott Perry did a really good job um, at, at um, what he's built uh, for this oh, upcoming man. season. I, yo, bro, honestly, every day I sit back, I look at the roster, and I'm I'm excited for next season, man. I'm seeing the pictures on Instagram before we before we even get to the the seven topics I got for me and you to talk about. I'm seeing these pictures on Instagram with Julius Randle with the dog chain around his neck. He's doing pull-ups. I'm seeing Alfred Payton, who's in the gym. I'm seeing pictures of Kevin Knox. I'm seeing Frank Nellikina. And we're going to definitely get to Frank Nellikina in one of the topics, too. But I'm seeing all these pics, bro, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for next season, man. Because, bro, the, the ringer wrote up, I, you need to go see this article, bro. But, you know, they got this little stupid thing called the Carmelo Anthony stat. And, you know, Kevin Knox was ranked probably one of the top five worst five players that should be in the NBA. For, I think it was like a ne- negative 11 or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. People, I, I don't, I'm not going to say 17 wins. Is, is is a good thing. It's a horrible thing. But I still don't see last season as an indictment on Kevin Knox because let's think about it like this, bro. He had to play with Moutier. He had to play with Cannon. He had to play with a bunch of guys who shouldn't be playing 20-plus minutes in the NBA rotation anywhere. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. And when your vet is Lance Thomas – like, come on now. Like, Lance Thomas, he's a good fan in the locker room, but you need a leader on the court as well, somebody who can play, who can show these guys how to play yeah. basketball. So, you know, those are a couple of things, you know, that, that be on my mind. But, man, I, I'm really about this team. So, let, let me get into the first subject, you know, um, summer league. And... <laughs> It was an interesting summer league. You know, RJ first two games was was freaking terrible. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it was god awful. I, I I can't lie, bro. It, I wanted it so bad for him those first two games that I kept watching and I knew he was playing terrible. 
but I was I kept watching because the kid still had a motor and he just didn't give up. So exactly, know, he, he he kept playing hard. So you know, we the, the first guy we're gonna get into. You know, matter of fact, let's talk about summer league as a whole. Um, let's talk about the team as a whole in summer league. I want to know what's your thoughts on how the team played in summer league and, and, and how the team progressed before we get into the individual players that we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, I guess um, well, first off, I'll, I'll say uh, your, yours and my prediction was was wrong. <laughs> we both mm. we both thought that our Knicks would go through summer league undefeated and it wasn't to be, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, that, it happened. It happened. Um after getting past those first two games, I, I thought the team started to click and gel. Um, I, I thought the rookies uh, from this year, Iggy and, and RJ, both started coming out of their shells, started feeling a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, uh, that first game, uh, again, for RJ, like like you said, it, it, it was really bad. Um, I, I was kind of hoping... He was, he was nervous, bro. He was yeah, nervous, he was. Bro. He was. And, I mean, you could tell that the minute he was on there, um, Zion just looked just that little bit more comfortable um, while he was on that court. Um, and it was a big game, you know. They, they, I think RJ knew going in with playing against Zion in that first game there was going to be a huge crowd, um, a bigger crowd than what you're probably used to at a summer league game. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the nerve he shook off the nerves uh, come the third game and, and the rest of the games that they they were able oh, to play. Yeah. Um, and and he quietened all the doubters that were saying after two games, which I just thought was laughable. Oh, he's a bust. Oh, he's terrible. Oh, oh he's, he's a bust. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thing was, even in the first game, something I noticed. Even in the first game, he nailed a beautiful three point shot, and and there's nothing wrong that I can see with his shot mechanics or anything like that. Um, it, it, seem, it seems to go in beautifully when, when, when he's on. Um, I think that'll just come again with confidence. Um, you know, he, he's been working on his shot vigorously throughout think, this time. I think to, to, to real quick, to interject real quick, I think his jump shot, I think next film school pointed it out. It's, when he has when he has a set shot, when he can actually get into his set shot, it's a more beautiful flow in his shot release. Like when he's not set, his his shot release, his shot mechanics is funny. Like he got a low release on the ball. You know how Kawhi Leonard, his his, his shot look like he's aiming for the rim. It it, it kind of looked like RJ's a little bit. Yeah. You know Kawhi worked on his shot a lot, so. You know, you know, just just to interject a little bit on on RJ shot, but continue. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's something that that um, I guess he'll continue to work on. Um, you know, so that the shot the shot will come. Um, he just needs obviously when it when it comes to the jump shot, uh, obviously a little bit more arc to his shot would would be beneficial. Um, you know, his shots. I wouldn't say it's as flat as Zion's, but it, it's close. But, um, no, he, he came really good. The big surprise in summer league for me was my guy, uh, Iggy. He he just, as far as Iggy. I'm concerned. Hey, my... Hold on, real quick. Yo, you know what I love most about Iggy and as far as the team is concerned? His defensive IQ on switches amazed me. Like, his defensive IQ is 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 really big for a player that's twenty years old. It's really huge. I, I I did not know he had those defensive instincts like like that in college. So yeah, kudos to you, bro. Kudos to you on Igis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like that that was what a lot of lot of scouts were saying too. Like they didn't know defensively what he was like. But I mean, I caught a few games in college, and you know, um, he surprised me with with just a few games I watched. But then um, coming into summer league, it's just like he upped that again. He knew, it's like he knew in the back of his head that that's that's always been the you know the one thing scouts have said about me. Oh, we, we know how good he is offensively. What's he like defensively? And I think he really worked on it um, and showed out in summer league both ends. Um, he he made me a believer that he could be a two way beast. 
Like, he, yeah, he's very good. Um, and offensively, I'd have to say he was the best of, of our Knicks in Summer League. Um, you know, he has a beautiful three-point shot. Uh, very strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, can get to the rim. He's, he, he, he's like RJ, too. He's looking for rebounds. He's looking to get in the paint. Um, and he can. He can get to the rim with his size. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of people that underestimated his size and just his strength. Um, just the power that he's got for such a young man coming into the league. So he he's definitely showed in summer league. He, he's not going to be pushed around, put it that way. And he's and he's not afraid. Um, that, that that was another good thing. So I, I even could see him developing into one of our leaders in the future. Just he's got that mentality um, about him. So I like what I've seen from uh, Iggy in summer league. It's funny. Iggy, he averaged in summer league 15 points on 51% shooting and five rebounds and was 50% from three, 11 of 22. And he was only one of five players in Vegas to ever average more than 15 points and five rebounds while shooting above 50%. Funny, funny guy, man. Ignis is a, he, I love his grit. I love the way he played, but his defense is what I'm really impressed with. I'm, and going back to RJ as well, I've seen a couple of defensive possessions with RJ. Even he strikes me as a guy, if you really get him to tap into defense, he can become a good defender in the league. And the yeah. one thing about the team that I love was the ball movement. When, they, when the ball was moving, they was making plays. RJ Barrett, he, he, he got a little Jalen Rose in his game, old school Jalen Rose, because he controls the game with his own pace, but it, his passing is really one of those things. I really love his passing, bro. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love most in summer league from him. Besides the rebounds, he averaged 8.6 rebounds. His passing is what I love the most. And that's what I want from one of my – I need one of my backcourt guys to be a great passer, not just a good passer. I need him to be a great passer. Yeah. And you see teams that win the championship championships for the past few years, every team had a great passer, every single team. Like Draymond Green or Steph Curry or LeBron James. You, you got these teams who have great passers. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, so I just love that the fact that RJ doesn't let the ball stick to his hands. He, from what I've seen, I, I don't know what you've seen, but uh, to me, it, it doesn't look like he's a he's a ball hog. No, you know, that no. Came I, from college. I think the thing I noticed, and obviously it's going to be, uh, you know, work on chemistry and stuff like that. I found that the ball moved a lot more when Alonzo Trier stopped playing games and, and was rested in that. And when they were on the court together, the ball didn't move as much. So I'm wondering if they will play them at different times where they might not share the court at the same time until that chemistry flows better and the ball movement can can stay how it was without Alonzo on the court. Because um, we all know ISO, though, he, he, he very ISO. Um he, he, yeah. he, he doesn't. Oh, so God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's another one that needs to, to, you know, get up his passing as well um, because we, we all know that there was a little bit of talk here and there that he can be a little bit of a ball hog at times, old, old Isozo. So, yeah, I, I think straight off the bat, just until obviously they're more comfortable with each other, I think Fizz might run them at different times. So while RJ's on the court, Tria won't be on the court. When Tria's on the court, RJ will be off having a rest. Um, I think that might be the best way to to keep that ball movement, you know, to keep it free-flowing. Yeah, yeah. Because Tria, I love Tria, man. I love With him, it ain't in re- – his defense is okay. His, his passing, just 
pass the ball, bro. But he it's gonna get in, it's gonna get through to him once he get um better teammates on the on the team. You know, guys yeah. that will demand the ball from him, guys that he will respect, who will pass the ball to. So I'm not really worried about Alonzo Trey. Cause Alonzo Trey, let's be real, he shot thirty eight percent from three last year. The kid mm. becoming better shooter. And he could be a great shooter coming off the bench. You need those guys who can space the floor, who could let allow the guys to be in the paint and, and you know spread spread the love around, man. Um, yeah, yeah. And RJ. Um, before we get to Mitch, I want to get to our guy Kenny Wooden. He signed the Exhibit Ten contract with the Knicks after summer league. After his summer league performance, what, what, what you think about Kenny Wooten, man? This kid jumps out the gym, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved what I've seen from Kenny Wooten. He, he's, he's one of my favorites from summer league, actually. I mean, that that kid, not only defensively, but boy, does he have some hops. Like, whoo. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I think... Yeah, I think he's going to make our squad. To be quite honest, he, he's he, he's definitely got the heart and passion there to make an NBA squad, um, and that's what he wants. He he was a good find. Um, I think he surprised a lot of people. Integrated himself well um, into that team in summer league, and yeah, he, he played outstanding. And again, he he was another one of the the top performers. You know, he wasn't. Um, you know, he wasn't getting like points like like uh, Iggy and that, but he was doing what was needed of him mm-hmm. on that court. You know what I mean? Um, and as I said, defensively, yeah. like he's obviously been def- taught very well when it comes to defense. Oh yeah, Whew. yeah. He he's, he was good. Fine. I, I I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. I I need those guys on the Knicks, man. I need those guys. Was athletic. Who come to play defense? I need we need some of those guys to do the little things on the court. And and I was glad that we we did sign him because I, I was a little bit worried. Oh, if we don't, some other team might snap him up, and and I didn't want that because, as I said, I I I think it would have been a mistake to to just let him go. So I was I was kind of glad we secured him. Yeah, Kenny Wooden is going to be. What we can do with him is the same thing what the Raptors did with Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Pot him for a year. Let him let him sit probably for a year. Give him a little bit of playing time. Send him down to the G League. Call him back up to the team. Then it, that that second third that that second third year, you know, as he making progress, you give him more minutes. And then boom, you got a you got a player who's on a cheap contract who's giving you great effort on the court, and that's one of those guys, man. I need those type of guys. When when I look at a championship team like the Toronto Raptors, and you got bigs like Ibaka who can shoot the three, Pascal Siakam who can shoot the three, Marcus Saul who can shoot the three, like all those guys can shoot the three. I want all my bigs to shoot. The I want maximum space on the floor. So that's one thing Kenny Wooten needs to learn as well is to shoot the three. I want him to shoot the three. I want I don't want the paint to be clogged for our prime jewel, Mr. Money Mitch, to have problems inside of the paint. Because I, I love me some Mitchell Robinson. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, to give you a stat. Before you, before you give me a little mini rant on, rant on Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson had three times as many blocks, seventeen as missed shots, five <laughs> in summer league, and he was twenty nine of thirty four from the fit, from the floor over the five games, twenty nine of thirty four. <laughs> yo, man. If this kid gets a jump shot, bro, that's the one thing that could change him from a great player to a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the thing I want to know about Mitch, 
also he got selected for USA team, USA select team. So he might be able to play USA basketball in 2020. So, um, congrats to you, Mitchell Robinson. I want to know before we get off this summer league topic about the young guys, what is Mitchell Robinson's real ceiling? Like, <laughs> what can this guy become? Okay, well, I've got two in mind. I've got I've got two people in mind, and, I, and I've mentioned this before. It it depends on, um, you know, how and, and what he brings out offensively now. Um, because I know he does a lot of work with AD. I know he does a lot of work with AD's trainer. And I've thought yeah. for a while that if he could add offensively, like, to his game what AD did, then I could see him, in fact, being another Anthony Davis, just obviously with less injuries. However, if he doesn't get the three-point shot or a jump shot and stuff like that, I mean, I could easily see him just being, you know, DeAndre Jordan, for example, in his prime, but better defensively. Um, I, I need something better than DeAndre Jordan. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, need, I need a Ben Wallace, Mark Eaton. I could see him being a Ben Wallace type, yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see him being like that. I could see him um, even going as far. I'd, I'd go and say, say he could be as good both ways as Hakeem the Dream. Um, if he could get a hook shot even. Like, I wouldn't need him then to have a jump shot or a three-point shot. Just just that hook shot like Hakeem. I could see him being like Hakeem. Um, so either way, it, as I said, it depends on how far he comes offensively. I could, I'm either seeing him being... AD at both ends of the floor, or I see him being Hakeem Olajuwon both ends of the floor, which I'd be happy with either. Um, but like yourself, I, I would like to see him add that three-point shot. Um, you know, and of course, I mean, having, having your centre as your best play, player is a rarity, I guess, in, in the modern NBA. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, you know, he, he's still raw. Um, in his abilities, um, you know, he's got he's got quality footwork, um, and, and he's got to show a few more different inside moves. Um, um, you know that that's all work in progress. Um, you know, as I always say, like defensively, there's not much more I want to see from him because he he can do everything. I I I put it this way, he can do everything and then some. What I want him to do defensively, I mean, he comes out to the three point line blocks people out there, blocks people in the in the paint. Like, he, he, you just block anybody. It doesn't matter where you're shooting from. If you're shooting from halfway, he'll block you. Like, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so <laughs> defen- defensively, um, you know, he doesn't need to really improve all that much. Uh, uh, but offensively, I'd love to see a little hook shot. I'd love to see maybe a little jump shot. But it, definitely that three-point shot. Because like, like you mentioned, watching the playoffs – and watching the centres in the playoffs or big men in the playoffs, um, you know, one or two of them were at least able to shoot the three. Um, you know, we, we don't need him making that his shot where he's always shooting the three. Don't need that. We just need to know yeah. he can shoot the three, which will bring defenders out to him, you know, so, okay, he's going to – he can shoot from three, so we better come out, you know, and respect that he can shoot from three. So, yeah, I mean – uh, again, he, he, he's, it's a work in progress with him, but either way, I, I see big things for him. Uh, whether whether he ends up just being like Akeem Olajuwon or whether he ends up being similar to AD, I, either way, I'd be happy. I mean, Hakeem, that's a little bit strong. <laughs> you want to know why I say, I say Hakeem? Because I've heard so many people compare... Um, Joel Embiid to Akeem Olajuwon and I don't think he's going to reach Akeem's level because I don't think his body's going to allow him to go as long as Akeem and, and, and go that far. Whereas Mitch, on the other hand, if he builds himself up a little bit more, which which he should, just looking at his frame and that, I could see his body sustaining to allow him to be a presence like Hakeem Olajuwon was um, compared to Joel Embiid, who 
I mean, you know, you could turn up for a game. You don't even know if he's going to go on the court because he's eating a cheeseburger while he's getting rubbed down. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah. I'll, I'll let you go. I mean, you know, as I said, if, if, if he could have a paint presence like a Kima Lajuan, that that'd be, that'd be something. Oh, yeah, man. Because uh, Mitch, man, that guy, man, his defense is amazing. Like, you yeah. just switch. The, the, the type of defense you could play with Mitch, you could switch everybody and it wouldn't even matter. So it's like, <laughs> but next, I want to, um, I want to get to these point guards, man. I want to get to these point guards, man, because we got Frank Lillikina, we got DSJ, we got Alfred Payton. And I want to know what the hell is going to happen, bro. I, I'm, I love Frank Lillikina, man. This is the guy who gets the most debate. You got people, oh, he's a bum. He can't score 20. He can't score blah, 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 blah. About points. That's my thing. Like, when it comes to the Knicks now, I don't care about points. I don't care about how many points you can score. What else are you going to do on the floor that affects the game to winning basketball? That's what I care about. And exactly. Frank Nellikina, to me, is a winning player. So, I'm focused on his FIBA tournament later on in August. I believe it starts late August or early August. I don't, I don't know. But I'm really intrigued by this kid, man. Mm. I think he's about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, now. He just turned 21. I believe his birthday was yesterday or today. And I, I really want this kid to succeed, man. I do not want the Knicks to trade him. And he becomes a Hall of Fame or a champion, man. I, I, I'm going to be pissed off, bro. I'm going to be yeah. pissed off. That's the one thing I don't want to see. And he's a player who can play multiple positions. You can put him at the one. You can put him at the two. You can put him at the three. You can put him at the four. In a small ball lineup if you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm intrigued. And then you got your man, DSJ. We both intrigued by him. We, he's talking playoffs. He's talking he wanted to make R.J. Barrett. Uh, rookie of the year. And then you got Alfred Payton. And yeah. Alfred Payton is a good ball distributor. You know, he's a good IQ player. He can bring some defense. Hopefully, he can bring a little bit of a jump shot or a three-point shot. Well, I'm curious, bro. How, how do you think this is going to go down this year? Like, well, what do you think could happen? Well, I have a feeling. Well, if I was Fizz... fizz and try, when training camp begins, I I would pit the three of them against one another, and let them battle it out. That that'd be the that'd be the best way I think to find who's going to be your starter and who's going to be his backup. Um, I suppose you could add. I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster. Um, you could add Kadeem Allen to the list as well, and let the four of them just go at it. Um, and and that way, at least you know whoever ends up becoming the starter is definitely going to earn that spot. Um, so, you know, I've been reading a, a few articles on DSJ, um, who's worked been working really hard, and he's changed uh, a, a bit of his mechanics uh, surrounding his shot. So I'm very intrigued to see his new look shot, and 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 um, if if it's going to prove to be more consistent. Um, you know, I, I want to see a bit more defensively from DSJ as well, uh, just, just, just to see, you know, if that's come a bit more up to scratch from where it was. Uh, and I think Alfred, Pay- Alfred Payton will, will push him when it comes to defensively because out of the four that we do have, Alfred Payton would be the best defensive point guard I think we've got on the roster at the moment. Um, even, even just slightly over Frank, and that's only because... You know, Alfred's been in the league just that little bit longer. So, I, I'd say defensively, yeah, Alfred and, and Frank are, are the two best defensive point guards we've got. I also think currently until I'm, I see a bit more, they're also the best passing point guards that we have got and have the best court vision to get their guys in the right spots. Uh, so, yeah, I'm intrigued, like yourself. I'm very intrigued. I, I have this feeling that in their minds at the moment, they've already got DSJ locked in as a starting point guard. But I, I just wouldn't go that route. I, I'd let them fight it out. I'd let them battle it out. I'd let someone prove they can handle that starting job. 
and then someone proved they can handle running the running the bench. So, yeah, I, that's what I'd like to see from Fizz. Uh, just because we've got four there and um, I, I don't think anyone's clear cut. I, I, I would love to see a battle and shoe over it. Yeah, because here's, like, here's my thing with the point guards. And then it's going to the next topic when you're talking about the point guards and you're talking about the bench as well. Is I need people to share the ball. Last season, it was tough for me to watch sometimes, but I watched every game. And some some games I had to rewatch, you know, before I do the podcast, or you know, I had to rewatch just to make sure I'm watching Kevin Knox to see his developments. You know, some of those games was hard to watch, man. And it was hard to watch the passing. He was last in the league in assists. Yeah, so passing was a problem to me. I think it was a stat where our point guards was last in the league and passing out of drives. Yeah, you know, to to the guys who for the three. So. That was the thing. That was a, a, a problem I had last season. And going to DSJ, he's speaking about the jump shot. You know, he, he had most of his jump, his threes that was missed. I forgot where I heard this stat. I think it was on Locked On Knicks podcast. Um, shout outs to those guys. But I was listening to their podcast and he was talking about it, how DSJ, most of his three-point attempts were wide open and he missed a lot of them. So it, 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 it's, you know, you got to get a guy who wants to, who enjoys feeding others. That That's what I'm going to say. You could get yours, but I want to see the ball move. When, 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 what I like about Curry is he gets the ball, but the ball never sticks. He always moves. He always moves the rock. That's, I like point guards like that. Like Damian, he'll move the ball. But the ball won't really stick the name in his hand. I, I, I like my point guards like that. And I like for a lot of ball movement to come off the bench as well. The bench is the thing we got. You see Bobby Porter's talking, bro. Yeah. How are you feeling about our bench? I, I know you've seen the reports. You know, you see Bobby Porter's, Porter's talking about, oh, I don't care about starting. I'm, I'm, I played in the six-man role. You know, I was in the running for that yeah. award early last year. So how are you feeling about the bench, man? Yeah, I'm liking it. Um, I've, I've been seeing those articles yourself. I've, I've just been was reading one uh, a few minutes ago where he, he, he's come out and said, no, Mitch, Mitch is going to be the starting centre. I'll back him up. Got no dramas as long as I get me playing time. So I like that attitude. For starters, I really like that attitude. He doesn't care if he starts, doesn't care if he wants to come off the bench. He just wants to play. He just wants to win. Um, beautiful mentality. Beautiful signing. Um, I think our bench... Uh, actually, I'll go as far as this. Uh, I don't think any other team in the league, other than the Clippers, have a better bench than than our Knicks. Yeah. That's how good I yeah. think our bench is. I, I don't think that anybody other than the Clippers has, has a, uh, as good as a bench as what we do and as good a depth as what we do. Um, so I think that's going to be very beneficial, uh, you know, especially with a long season. Um, but I like the look of the bench. And, and I'm, as I said, I'm just intrigued. It'll be interesting to see who, what point guard's going to be running the bench coming off. And I just thought a second ago too, I was like, now we've got four point guards on there, but what if I threw a spanner in the works and said the way they had RJ running the point in summer league, what if he gets thrown in the mix as the point guard? Like, there's another question. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I loved RJ in that role too. That's what's funny. When the, when the ball is in his hands and he's making plays and surveying the floor. I, it all depends, bro, because – Remember, young young OKC, right? Yeah. Young James Harden, young Russell Westbrook. When James Harden came in the game and Katie went out and it was just Harden and Russell, it was actually Harden that was running the offense and Russell was playing off the ball. Yeah. So I see, a, I see a, an adjustment for RJ and, you know, whoever's the starting point guard, whether that be DSJ, because DSJ is a part of that Chris Stapps Porzingis trade. And I want to see him play. 
yeah. I want to see him start. So it's very interesting, man. It's very interesting, man. Uh, we 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 gonna see, bro. Yes, yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, I'm very other, other than the point guards on that. I mean, like having Bobby Portis, um, you know, uh, even even Taj for a few minutes here and there, coming off the bench and yeah. his experience. Uh, Marcus Morris. I mean, Marcus Morris. That, that was the pickup I loved. Um, and and I actually wanted him from the get go. I actually thought he might have been one of our first signings, but um, in the end, he came to us. So that was the main thing. And I'd, I'd, I'm interested to see: um, are they going to start Marcus Morris, or is he going to come off the bench in the second unit? That's another thing I've, that's been sort of playing on my mind. Um, I don't think they'll obviously if they're going to. If they were going to start him, they'd probably start him at small forward because we all know Julius Randle's going to be the starting four. So, it, it's interesting. It, it, it... Oh, man. You know what it is? I think he's going to be coming off the bench because I think Kevin Knox is really going to come in next season with a vengeance. I think he – something is telling me Kevin Knox next season is going to – come in next season with a vengeance because if there's not nothing that's going to be translatable with Knox, his shooting is going to translate. That man can shoot. Yeah. I mean, he has a great form. He has the size. He got the length. He got a great wing, wingspan. You know, it, it, it's Kevin Knox, man. It's one of those guys, man. I think he's going to start, bro. I think he's going to come out preseason. And coming out playing well, man. I think he's going to play very well next season with better guards and better players around him. I'd love to see him start too um, because the one thing I've seen, I mean, I did see improvement in, in, in a lot of things with Knox in Summer League, but the one thing I noticed, and it was a big thing for me because I was sitting back going, oh, yeah, I'd like to see all the people that said he couldn't defend speak up now because, boy, did he turn it up defensively in Summer League. That's what I was so proud of him for. I was like, there it is. There it is. You get the man locked in and look how good he can be getting rebounds, blocking shots. He was he was everywhere. Yeah. I, 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 he looked better on defense. I'll definitely give you that. Mm. He looked way better on defense. No, last year he was just – loafing around, and he looked like he didn't know where the hell he was at at times. Yeah. But he looked better on defense in summer league. He still, you know, he still looked like a 19-year-old sometimes on defense, going yeah. under the screen when Mitch is yelling ice. <laughs> and, you know, he's, you know, but that happens. But as you've seen, as summer league progressed during those five games, you know, he got better defensively and the team got better defensively. It, it's, all, it's all about coaching. It's all exactly. about coaching. And, and, and the thing that I loved, it was his effort. See, he, he was not putting in that much effort last season on defense. But in Summer League, it was his effort. And I, I was like, that's what Calipari was talking about. Give this kid some time and this kid is going to be a two-way beat. Like, he, like Calipari said, you get him locked in. And you get him going, and, and he's got that motor going. He's sweeter, and and that's what I loved seeing. I was like, he's not backing down. He's not giving up. He's, you know, if he does something wrong on defense, he's not going into a shell and going, oh, you know, he's just. That's what I love to see is the fact that 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 was showing people, hey, he has got the motor, and the motor's yeah. there, and the effort's there, you know, and. Not good to you. I was just going to say that that's all you can expect from these young guys is if they're giving you the effort at least, you know, you don't expect them to be the best defensive person out there, not not until maybe year five or something like that. But if they're showing you effort on the defensive end, that's what you want to see. That's that's how you'll be able to tell, well, if they're putting in the effort, they obviously want to get better. They obviously want to be known as, you know, at least a good defensive player, you know, so... I think that's what Knox, and Knox has heard all the negatives when it comes to his defense, and and he was starting to show me something. But it was it was mainly the effort, as I said, that effort, the energy he was bringing. He was just trying. That that's what I loved. Yeah, he showed 
Yeah, like for example, the game against Zion Williamson. He blocked Zion yeah. twice, but people don't want to talk about that. You know, they just put the meme out. Zion ripping the ball from him when Zion was two hundred seventy pounds, grown ass man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's. I think also, I mean, I, I could be wrong on this and I could just be saying this because he's one of my boys. <laughs> but he, uh, I think Knox was kind of a little bit off balance, if you ask me, when it looked like Zion shoved him over. It looked like he didn't have full balance. So I th- that probably would have helped as well. Yeah. So, it's you know, Knox, he's still, he's still 19. That's what's so crazy. The kid is still 19. Bro. I know. That's why we're recording yeah. this podcast. <laughs> this kid here, but... You know, besides Kevin Knox, you know, I want to get into a little bit about Fizdale. You know, I love Fizdale. That was my coach that I wanted last year. That that was the coach I wanted for the future. That was the coach I thought that would bring us a championship. The number one thing I need him to do for me next season, I need an offensive system. I don't know how many times – I'm going to keep bringing this up, but I yep. need an offensive system. I need a system where I can say, okay, I know what the Knicks are doing now. The Knicks are people. They want the corner three. They they want the mid-range jumper a little bit. Or they want to spread you out, spread out, pick around. Like, I know what they're doing on offense. Like, I know they're running flex screens or pin downs. Like, I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing on defense. Oh, they're switching everything. Oh, they are. Uh, they, they're icing everything. Uh, you, you know, Mitch was calling out defensive sign, defensive calls in summer league, and you know some of his teammates weren't listening, or they was just being young. You know, still understanding um, the NBA concept of great team defense, but you know, it's a lot of things that go into that, man. And that's one of the things, man. That offensive system, bro, and that defensive system. That's the one thing well, this is, I need him to do for me, man. I need him to get that together. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to – I'll just quote here. Uh, I'm going to quote Walt Fraser that I'm, I've got currently in front of me. This is what he's hoping for from Fizdale. So, Fraser is hoping he, that Fizz can show the defensive specialist part that intrigued the Knicks last summer when they hired him, um, especially after – a putrid stint under Jeff Hornacek when their liabilities were obvious. And this is exactly word for word what Walt said. Uh, Fisdale came in as a defensive guru. So last year, obviously, we didn't see that. So I think now with this team, that's what he has to do, make these guys play defense. When they get tired, just substitute them because one guy is not that much better than the other guy. The talent is very equal. So I think Fizdale is salivating right now with the squad that he has and the defensive prowess, the young players that are on the threshold. Obviously, they didn't have this last year. They didn't have this much flexibility or versatility. So I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with it. Um, That's coming straight from Walt Fraser. Loving that, man. Loving that, man. I'm very interested as well, man. That's... The number one thing, and when we start the, the first podcast for next season, when the first day of Nick Trainer Camp, we're going to do a podcast, bro. That's the first thing I'm getting at. What is my offensive system? I need to know, Coach Smith, though. Please, brother, you, please, you got to tell me. Because that yeah. is what I've yeah. been eating that last season. I cannot. What you about to say, bro? I was, I was just going to add one other little bit that, Walter Walter also said, in his opinion, this just didn't Walter Fraser's opinion, he'd like to see Alfred Payton be the man to start at point guard in the backcourt because in his eyes, he's a quadruple threat. He can dish, hit and swish. He rebounds, he steals the ball, has beautiful court vision. Uh, so I think he's going to be a valuable asset. I I have a tendency, I mean, you know, the, the, it's going to be interesting between him and DSJ. And, and I'm glad they brought someone in to push DSJ. But, you know, Walt's, Walt's right with, with Alfred Payton. He can dish and switch, um, rebound, steals, beautiful court vision. So I, I think what will happen is, you know, like, like you said, they'll probably will start with DSJ. But if he isn't performing up to where they, they want him to, I think they'll insert 
Alfred in. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, whoever, whoever's getting the offense going, man, that's what I care about, man. I, I want, I want these kids, these kids getting good shots, man. I want good point guard play, man. That's what I really care about. After watching exactly. last season, and I had to watch Moutier and Trey Burke, and my eyes kept bleeding. Game after game after game <laughs> after game. My eyes was bleeding, bro, at the point guard play, bro. I, I could not take another season of bad point guard play. Like that was that was another thing yeah. on my free agency. I said, please get me a, a, a solid point guard. I don't care who it is, but just not Moody. <laughs> yeah. And and the good thing with uh the other thing I've, I've noticed is um I'm pretty certain that DSJ has been training with Mr. CP3. Um, so we know CP3 ain't, ain't what he used to be, but that, that's, that we don't need CP3 to be what he used to be. But his brain, just for DSJ to prick his brain, um, yeah. I think that's, that was a good choice to go and work out with him. Um, Chris Paul for, wow, 15, more, more, maybe more than that, years has probably been known as the best point guard in the game. Um, You know, so if, if he could have the passing ability and court vision of Chris Paul, wow. Then, then yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be very, very dangerous. Yeah. 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 Oh man. It's, it's intriguing, man. A lot of young players on this team, man. A lot of young players. Loving the vets, man. Loving the vets on the team. I'm just wondering, as far as roles is concerned in the future, what can RJ like when we come when we're talking about RJ Barrett and Kevin Knox? How good can this tandem get? Or is is the tandem Kevin Knox and Mitch, or is it Mitch and, and, and RJ? What like how good can those two get? Like come up together. Like who? Yeah. Who, who do you think out of those two? Well, I have a funny feeling we that mention it might be. Yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't need to mention the podcast. We don't. We don't need to. No, no exactly. But uh, I, I think RJ and, and Knox, the combination will come. Um, you know, like 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 a. You keep mentioning they're still young. Uh, Knox is only still nineteen as we're talking. Um, so, you know, I, I see big futures for both of them. Um, the one thing I, I will say, and I, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was fitness. I don't know what it was. But the one thing I would did notice in summer league, even when he did start picking up and getting his confidence and playing well with RJ, is the speed of the game seemed to be a little bit too fast for him, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like, he seemed a little bit like it, he was a little bit slow for the play that was happening. I don't know if that, as I said, if that was because he hadn't played basketball for a few months or, or that. But, yeah, even, even like his, his first step wasn't quick. Like I was kind of curious about that because I was like, I'm sure he was running around quicker on a Duke court. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so... I'm kind of hoping that it's just that he has to, that it, that it was that the layoff, and that that was the only reason he looked slow on the court. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of hoping when the season starts that that his pace is picked up a bit. Mm. I'm, I'm hoping too, bro. Um, it's this whole off season, just the total amount of bias against the Knicks and. These stupid articles talking about James Dolan. And just the stupid people on Twitter that posted that, oh, RJ's a bust. Oh, we should trade Fink Nilakina. It's funny, man, how the Knicks has been the most talked about 17 win, of, win team of all time. And <laughs> that that's no exaggeration. Like, every day is, I see a post and it's something bad. But it's okay. The future yeah. is, is, is what we looking forward to, and the future is yeah. what we are we are thinking about currently. Um, 
so the last thing before we get out of here on this good final episode of this season, season one of State of the New York Knicks podcast, the guy, Mr. Mitchell. Um, we're going to talk about Scott Perry and next season. Well, the next three seasons. Mm. Because it's two things that's on my mind right now. It's two things. And number one is Giannis. And number two is Carl Anthony Towns. Yep, yep. And he's a New York boy as well. Yep. <laughs> so I'm wondering, bro. Let me let me paint two scenarios for you. Let's say if Giannis doesn't resign the Supermax for Milwaukee and he takes his free agency going into summer of 2021. What is your chances you think the Knicks can possibly get? one of these guys. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a percentage rate on both of them. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, I'd put at a high 80% because he's a New York boy. Um, and he has mentioned before, um, I think it was back when he was coming through his draft, that he would love to one day play for the New York Knicks because he grew up as a fan. So I think I think he, he he'd be the better shot. In saying that, um, Giannis, I'd still go 50-50. Um, you know, the, the only reason I say that is is he seemed quite comfortable in a, in a, in a smaller town, in a smaller city. He doesn't, he's, not a, he's not a big lights person. Uh, it's been noted for how long he's been in here. Um, you know, he just moved his mother out to Milwaukee. Uh, he loves, seems to love it in Milwaukee. But, I mean, we know we've heard players say, oh, we love it here too. And then a couple of years down the track, oh, we want out because it's not good. Um, so Giannis is a little bit hard. Giannis is a little bit hard because I find him to be similar to Kawhi in the sense of, I, I guess they, they don't necessarily need to be in a big city. But, uh, you know, it all depends, I guess. Like, if things you know, don't go as planned or don't go well with Milwaukee. And and, and, and it's come close before, and, and I've mentioned this before, um, when they were doing a couple of silly moves and silly, and, and he didn't like what he was, the way it was sort of looking, that the direction was going in. And he didn't say he wanted out, but it was mentioned that he didn't like what was happening. He didn't like a few players that they got rid of because um, he was quite close with them. So, yeah, with Giannis, it, it could go either way. I, I would definitely say, it in the very least, I see him being more an East Coast person than he is a West Coast person. So if he was to leave Milwaukee, it would be to another East Coast team. I don't see him being interested to go out West. I think, uh, as we all know, he likes the challenge. He doesn't even train with really with any other, um, you know, top-flight superstar because he no, doesn't want no. to, you know. Um, I love that mentality because, you know, they, they have to try and work him out in game. They, they can't, you know, find out any secrets by practicing with him and stuff like that. So I like the way Giannis works in that regard. It's actually quite smart, if you ask me. Um, so, and, and again, I love his mentality that, no, I don't want to train with LeBron and I don't want to train with them. I want to go and beat them and I don't want them to, to know my tricks or how far I'm coming. I'm going to show them, you know? So I'd love as much as I'd love Giannis again, as I said, um, yeah, 50, 50, it all, all depends on, I guess how Milwaukee goes the next couple of seasons before he comes free agent. So anything can happen, but I think Carl Anthony Towns is a big, get. I, I think he's going to eventually want to come home. Um, you know, as I said, <laughs> Yo, bro. I, yo, I'm real. Yo, a, a front court of Mitch and Towns. Yeah. Oh my god. It, yeah. It, I want Towns, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I really want Towns. Bro. I 
put it this way. I'll, I'll look at their squad now. Don't get me wrong. They, they've got a few good players from last year's draft and this year's draft that they got in there. But I just get this feeling that things are going to go south yet again as they've always had a tendency to go at the Timberwolves, especially the last, what, five, six years. And I think it'll get to a point where he he might not even reach the next three. He might demand a trade. Um, you know, he, he's almost come to that before and almost demanded a trade before uh, with all the Thibodeau stuff and everything going on at that time. So I think Carlton Towns, yeah, a good 80% chance eventually he'll be in a Knicks uniform. Eventually. Yo, I... It's crazy, man. That's one of that's the top guy. I think, yo, he's going to be a Knicks someday. I, yeah, I've got that feeling. Like he's really going to be a Knicks someday. It's no way either him or Zion. One of those two guys. I think one of those two guys is definitely going to be a Nick one day. I, I, I don't know. I just got the feeling. Yeah, I, I'm loving the team. Loving the direction. Love where we're going. I think we need we, we definitely got to start off, you know, the first podcast for next season. I think we got to start off day one, next training camp. Yeah. But even before that, matter of fact, even before that, bro, we're going to follow this Frank Nilakina fiber tournament. <clears throat> so we definitely need this. So we're going to have to start early, Jason. And I, I, I want to see um, big games from him. I, I, I think we will see some big games at this at this FIBA tournament uh, from Frank because uh, he's got a lot to prove. Um, he knows he knows what's out there in the media about him, and and I, I think he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, and he's gonna he's gonna show out. Yeah, man. I hope so too. That's Frank Nilakina is one of my favorite Knicks right now. My favorite Nick is Kevin Knox, by the way. But Frank Nilakina is one of my favorite Knicks. And I don't I don't want to see him traded, man. I don't want nobody traded. I don't want to see no trades of my young guys off this team. Yeah. Yeah. So See, I think I, I think too it's been a lot of media that just puts puts that out there because Scott Perry has shot down quite a few times that um, you know there hasn't been any discussions of putting any of the young guys in trades. Um, you know, even Frank. I, I think it, again it was more just media um, for whatever reason they don't like Frank, so they'll just write something to say, oh, let's get rid of him, but. I don't think they're ready to give up on Frank yet. And from what he's showing, and, and again, we know this is just on practice court, but still it's just good to see that he's, his shot's gotten a lot better. He, he looks to be a lot stronger, a lot bigger. Um, and that's things you, you want to see, just him in practicing. Now now we want to see what he what he's going to do and what he's going to bring in, in game. And that's what this FIBA tournament, it's going to be a time for him to, to show out and... Um, Hey, maybe maybe he he goes through the FIBA tournament and does that well that he he goes right. Now you're gonna have to choose: is it me or DSJ that's gonna be the starting point guard? I mean, that's something I wouldn't. I, you, hold on, hold on. Let me stop you right there, real quick. I wouldn't. Yeah. Even, I wouldn't even necessarily go that route because Frank Nilakina is so much of a Swiss Army knife. I don't think I wouldn't even. Even though him and RJ seems like a match made in heaven, it seems like the perfect fit. I swear to God it does because every yep. podcast says that that combination. But I think he's best served coming off the bench for any three positions. He's a positionless basketball player. He's one of those guys. He can play on the ball, off the ball. You can play him at the forward position. I, I, yo, I love the position versatility that Frank Nilakina could bring. I, that's the most thing that I harp on when it comes to Frank Nilakina, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen a player quite like him for a little while either, uh, where he could he, – he's willing. He's he not, not, not just that he can play four positions. He's actually willing to go anywhere. Like, he just wants to be on that court and help out the team as best as he can help out the team. And And – I love that mentality with him. 
Um, I love the fact, too, that in a recent interview, he, he's talked about how he shut out all the noise. He's not listening to social. He's not listening to media. He's not, you know, taking any notice of that. He's just fully locked in and focused on improving in the areas that he knows he needs to improve on. Um, so that that right there, to me, shows his maturity, um, which is a good sign, too. And, and again, he's still on the younger side as well. Um, I I'll just will say to, to Nick's, Nick, Nick's fans out there, look, some of these Euro guys, um, you know, they can't all be like Luka Doncic. They can't just automatically come straight across and bam, they're, they're a star in the league. Some of them do take a little bit of time. Some of them take a couple of years to get, you know, smooth and get right into things in the NBA. So just bear with Frank. Um, and, and I'm quite sure Frankie's going to, He's going to show out and show you, show everybody what he's doing. Yeah, man, because that's, bro, that's a huge topic, man. I'm, Frank Nalakina is a guy who will really piss people off. He, and he, man, I didn't got a, into a couple of debates about Frank Nalakina and a lot of uh, Facebook group chats, man. It'd it be, it be unreal. Like, Frank Nalakina hate is ridiculous, especially amongst Knicks fans, because it's like we all want to see the same thing. We all want to see a championship. So, do not bash these young players on our team. I don't care about the media. I just listen. It's funny because shout outs to um, JB Jonathan Magri. You know, he he was on the podcast featured guest, and you know the Knicks film school guys, and he was talking about the media, how the media talks about how James Dolan is the worst owner in sports, but doesn't he own a hockey team? Like, yeah. doesn't he own a team? He own he doesn't own just one team. So why is nah. his hockey team so bad? It's because he puts the right people in place. Yeah. The right general manager, the right president, basketball, president of hockey association, whatever they're called. And he puts the right people in place. The, the Rangers just got the best prospect in the free agent market this past offseason. And I got that yeah. in the Aaron Hines show. So it's not like, you know, James Dolan is just this bad owner that people talk about. He's a little childish at times, yes. But I don't I don't really care about that. You know, TMZ called Lonzo Trent by himself. And they said, he, they was asked him about James Dolan. James, and he said, yo, James Dolan's cool with me, so... Yeah, I, you know, I don't. I, I want the fans to not really pay attention to media bias or the stupid ringer. I hate the ringer, man. It, this guy, no, yeah. man. I, th- this guy. <laughs> I, I, I know it's the last subject, bro. But it, it, the media hate from the Knicks needs to stop. This guy talks about how Jason Tatum is the second coming of Jordan. I don't really. I, I don't know. The media loves him. He's a media darling. Your starting center is Cannon. And your starting point guard is Kemba Walker. Who the hell is going to play the four? And I need to know who's going to defend. Because <laughs> me and you both know Kemba is not a defender. Anus Cannon is not a defender. So, the ringer, you need to stop hopping about the Knicks. Talk about how the Hornets gave... Terry Rozier, $19 million. I don't know how the hell you do that. Or how the hell yeah. the Suns give Ricky Rubio $17 million and draft Camp Johnson, who's older than Devin Booker. That, that, yeah. It, like, like stuff like that. Or you get another article, and, and the article says the Miami Heat got a better young core than the Knicks. Like, what? They only got Justice Winslow. Like, I don't know. Tyler Hero? I want to take Tyler Hero over R.J. Barrett. So, gotta stop. No, no, nah. no, things like that, bro. But any, any final words for the people before we get out of here? Last episode, episode 49 of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. Anything, final words you want to say to the people, Mr. Mitchell? Appreciate you also joining me on this first season of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. We definitely going to give some order to the people. Well, what you got to say, brother? Yeah, I just want to thank uh, Nick's fans out there for this season tuning in. Um, we, we appreciate you tuning in and hope we've been very informative for you guys. Um, 
now we can all look forward to the next upcoming season. Uh, obviously, before that, obviously to watch Frank in the FIBA tournament and wish him well. Um, but yeah, um, we'll be seeing you next season, and um, we'll have more more new things on the way. Obviously, so just um, yeah, don't don't worry about the negativity, and 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 just look at the positive things. And um, let's all get pumped up for, for what I believe is going to be one of our better seasons for quite a time. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm just like you. I'm very excited. Um, the next podcast will definitely be season two. I guess we're definitely going to start off with Frank Delacina because of the Fiber Tournament. Um, Julius Randle is trying out for Team USA this summer as well. So hopefully he gets to play as well. And, you know, every guy who plays in the USA basketball, you know, the next season they usually have their career highs, a la Dwayne Wade in 2009 when he had that ridiculous season. He went crazy 2009. 29 points. I, I think it was seven rebounds, six assists. I think it was like two steals, three steals and a block. Or I don't know, but it was crazy. I don't know how he didn't win MVP that year, but. You know, we got those two guys to look forward to. So definitely look out for that for the first podcast of season two of the State of New York Knicks podcast. Mr. Mitchell, all the way from Australia, I definitely appreciate you joining me on this podcast, on this journey. I appreciate everybody who tunes in. Appreciate the love and support. I hope y'all love the podcast. I hope y'all continue listening especially people from Virginia, because it seems like people from Virginia love listening to us. People in Great Britain, you know, all these crazy areas from all across the world. Appreciate everybody. Mr. Mitchell, appreciate you, brother, for joining me on this podcast. Couldn't say I appreciate you much more, your knowledge on the game, your knowledge on the Knicks, and you helping me, and me helping you. Appreciate that. Um... Everybody, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Peace.